Hello, my name is Declan Deneen. Welcome to Checkpoints. This is a show about video games, the people who play them and the people who make them. Each episode of Guest on the show talks about the games that have shaped their life in one way or another, games that have inspired them, games that have forged connections, and games that have soothed wounds. My guest on today's episode is Davine Lulin Vega. Um, where do we even begin describing uh, Davine Lulin Vega? Um, I suppose like an obvious place to start is that uh, he lives on a boat with his girlfriend, um, self-taught sailors. Uh, we recorded this episode uh, while they were docked in New Zealand. Um, the audio quality isn't as great as it normally is, but I think it's perfectly listenable. I'm just sort of putting that up front so nobody mentions it on, on Twitter. Um, and I suppose like from a video game perspective, since this is a show about video games, um, he, he's created a whole bunch of different video games. Most recently, one of my favorites was a a kind of uh, iOS and you know Android version of the card game Donsol. Um, he has actually formed a, a studio with with his girlfriend on the boat called Hundred Rabbits, uh, and they've made a whole bunch of uh, of different games. I mean, they're all really hard to pronounce, and I'm not sure if I'm even saying them properly. But uh, Aquani, which is beautiful, and Variciel and Hive Seer and the Donsol, which I I first mentioned. Um, he's also created like a version of of Proteus called uh, Purgatius. Um, and he's also he's just somebody who, when when he comes across a, a problem, you know, however great that may seem, he he fixes it. He attempts to fix it. He doesn't like social media. He creates a new social media app. He doesn't like a specific design app. He invents a new design app. He doesn't like the browsers. He invents a new browser. He does. He doesn't feel like language is working the way it should. So he invents a new language. Um, is this kind of like? Um, spirits, this, this DIY spirit I find uh, incredibly um, inspiring and I had an absolute blast um, chatting with him like I've put links uh, to, the, to his website in the in the show notes because just the depth of things that he's done from from music to art to design to, to video games it's it's genuinely quite quite humbling and you can really get lost in this kind of world of work that, that he's created um, it was a brilliant chat and again, like Davina is someone who I wouldn't uh, necessarily have naturally come across. I don't think um, I was very lucky that a friend of the show, Jeremy, introduced me to Davina, and and I was just so thrilled with how fascinating he was. And I I really hope that through the show that I can introduce people like this who wouldn't necessarily be you know the the marquee names that people would think of, who are nevertheless doing some of the most interesting fascinating groundbreaking work uh, across all kinds of, of, of mediums uh, so yeah it's a, it a real treat I, I hope that you uh, you enjoy it now as I mentioned on last week's episode um, next weekend I'll be in Nottingham doing a, a live episode of checkpoints at the all your base festival at the national video game arcade very much looking forward to it you can check out the the lineup and buy tickets at uh, it's the nva.com. It's a genuinely incredible lineup. People like Rob Hubbard, Masaya Matsura, um, I think Mike Bithell is doing a, a talk. Uh, just tons of incredible kind of musical talent from the world of video games, giving talks and playing sets. And, and I'll be part of that uh, weekend doing a, a live show with a bunch of different people. I'm not quite sure exactly who yet. I'm pretty sure Rob Hubbard is coming on there, which is very, very exciting. Um, 
so if you do come along to that if you are you know fans of the show please do come and say hello it's always good to to meet people who enjoy the show uh, and you know speaking of fans of the show if you do enjoy it please do rate and review on itunes or whatever uh, listening app that you use and tell people on social media tell people in real life whatever you can do to help broaden the audience um, if you really like the show there's a patreon which is patreon.com forward slash checkpoints any and all donations are very gratefully received and go back into making the show as good as it possibly can be uh, if you'd like to get in touch you can it's um, checkpointspodcast at gmail.com or it's at checkpoint show on twitter or it's checkpoints podcast on facebook it's very important to have consistent branding uh, okay i'll be back next week with a new episode and a new guest but until then let's get on with the show introduction then for the sake of of ceremony uh so Devine, welcome to the show thank you so much for coming on if you don't mind would you introduce yourself yeah sure um well i guess i'm a designer and developer and musician and right now i do all of this on a sailboat <laughs> like this is one of the reasons i said like just before we started there that i was quite intimidated because like i genuinely don't know where to start because i mean I'll, i'm going to try and stick to the games because that's essentially what the show is about but there's so many amazing fascinating things that you've done and the, the it's kind of the choice to do that um do you know uh, daniel cook you're the video game developer daniel cook um he made spry fox no nope. um, he made triple town and stuff he found it spry fox sorry uh, he's a brilliant designer and I, I spoke to him last year and one of the things that he brought up which i thought was really interesting was um he grew up, he, he did a lot of kind of woodwork growing up he, so he, he, and developed a lot of tools. And one of the, he was kind of equating game design to uh, like carpentry and woodworking essentially because he was talking about you're creating tools on the fly. You're building tools to make other things and building the tools is part of the process. And, and looking at the sort of the, the, the wealth of stuff you've done, you seem to do that like for everything. So it's not just the game thing. It's like, I, this here's a problem. I'll build a new browser. I don't really like social media. I'll create a new social media platform. Um, I can't really express this sentence properly. I'll invent a new language. Like those, these are amazing decisions to to make. So, um, where do we start then? I guess like like where did you kind of grow up? Where are you from uh, originally? Well, well, I'm from Montreal. Well, in the suburbs of the suburbs of Montreal. Okay. But we can start. We can, we can start with the games because that's kind of like where it started. Okay, well then, um, just for the um, again for the sake of ceremony, like what what was the what was your very first experience of a video game? Uh, playing it or making it? Playing it. Well, playing it. I mean, I, I I've been playing games for a long time, but there's only a few like there's a handful of games that really had a strong impression of me on me, and like I think the best times I had playing video games as a kid was playing Ultima Online. Okay. So I, my parents didn't want me to have a computer, but I still managed to sneak one into my room that I found in a garbage sale in the next on the next street. And it was, I mean, at that time everyone had pretty strong computers, so people were like playing Diablo and things like that. But I, I only could play DOS stuff. But it had a modem, and at night when my parents were sleeping, sleeping, I could I could connect to uh, Ultima Online and play, and that was great. Like there were some some custom shards that were free and. And how old are you at this point? Like, mm, 
I'm not sure. Like the last few years of Diablo. Before Diablo 2, so I'm not sure. I'm 30, like 30 now. I don't recall, but I was pretty young. I was living in my parents' place. And uh, I, th I, I we were still going to summer camps, so I must have been pretty young. And like, surely things like, um, you know, if you're using the modem in the middle of the night, that'll still show up on phone bills and things like that. Like that seems like quite. And how did you hide? Like how did you hide it during the day? Do you know, just well, put a blanket over it or something. Okay, so so the, the the sort of sneaking around didn't last so long. Okay, but because uh, eventually eventually I went I went home from school, and the computer was on this on the side of the street with the garbage. And I figured, oh well, okay, they must have found it. But, but if, uh, like this, this, the same year, the same year, my grandmother gave me her old computer, and then I could, I, I kind of like upgraded, and and that one ran ran Flash, the, the the drawing software and animation software. So I started to make games with that, and that was kind of like the first, the first experiments I could do with video games, I guess, because I tried other things before, but nothing quite like Flash. Why 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 were your parents so like against? The computer, if you don't mind me asking. Um, one of my aunts was really into computers, and she gave them all these these warnings on how um, computers were bad and corrupting kids or something. <laughs> and they they had me taken out of computer classes at school. So during computer classes, I had to go sit in the um, the eating eating area for the length of the class, and then you know then I would rejoin the class. That's so brutal. Uh, yeah, but it just kind of like made me all the more interested in yeah. computers. I mean, surely, like, I mean, I wonder how much of a part that's played into how much you do now on computers. Like, everything you do essentially is built on computers now. Um, yeah, sometimes I, I, I think that it backfired pretty, <laughs> pretty badly. So, so like during this period, then, like before you kind of had this kind of sneaky PC, like, did you, did you get a sense that you, you were missing out? Like, were you kind of you know, seeing games, consoles, or computers at other people's houses and thinking, man, I, I love this. If only I could get a taste of it. Uh, yeah, well, I, I, I was going every day to my friend's place so we could play Diablo. And I was like, this, like, this is, I should make a living of playing Diablo or something. I have to find a way. Oh, man, then Diablo especially, because that's got such a, it's got such a hook to it, you know, being, having just like a little drips of that occasionally from day to day, that must have been uh, quite painful. Um, so did you kind of, I, I guess what I was thinking was, it, did you um, kind of keep up with what was going on in kind of video games culture? Did you read any magazines or anything? Because to sort of have your first PC and then very quickly start making games, that kind of, is that just your personality or did you already have kind of an interest in that world of, of video games? Um. I think I was really into fixing things already. So, like, I remember the first, as soon as I got Quake, I was looking at, or, or like, okay, no, actually, <laughs> even with Diablo, I was downloading trainers to just make to make a mess of things at first. So I would, like, cast spell, spells in town and just kill all the other players for fun in areas where they couldn't attack me. And I was being kind of an asshole, but I, I started <laughs> using that to create, like, godlike presence online. So I would just... Help, help people just I would like teleport next to them help them for a while and I was like wait I can translate this into Ultima like I can translate this back into Ultima Online so I went back to Ultima Online and I started playing as a DM and I, 
I guess that inspired a whole uh, a whole new segment of what I'm doing now, which is kind of like creating a sort of ethos around tools and around games, like like a sort of like meta way of playing games. So like playing with playing games through uh, ta- like two assistants or trainers, uh, all this kind of stuff, remixing yeah. games, like decompiling and playing with parts. I guess it all stems from these days where I was like, oh, I want to, I'm going to clean the interface of this game because I, I find it looks bad. I still do that today. I think <laughs> I was doing that yesterday. Um, so I, yeah, at that time I was, I think I really, all of this kind of started to make sense where I wanted to uh, play games, but like at, at an arm's length across a robotic arm or something. Yeah. yeah. Now, where do you think that comes from? This is what's interesting because you know, it's such a, I guess that it's, it's like it's that that can-do attitude of like most people. I think certainly in my experience of speaking to people on the show, you know, people come to development design relatively late. You know, they don't think that this is a job that somebody could do. Um, and for someone who like didn't have so much access to computers when you're younger, to was it kind of almost immediate that you started pulling things apart, or did that just come a bit later? Because it seems like you that was like almost your main interest was, you know, once you started playing some games, okay, now how can I do other things with them? How can I play them differently? I think it's just, it might be just part of my personality where if somebody tells me not to do something, I'll do it a lot harder. Yeah, you certainly do. You certainly do that. And it, it just, that that's the thing. I mean, that that could be, like if, if people aren't familiar with your work, you could kind of dismiss that as like, oh, that's just a cliche or something. But you, genuinely, you really do do that in to like more so than most people i'm aware of um okay so we'll stick with the video games just to do the kind of narrative thing so how how did that kind of interest develop then you started making your own games quite quickly like how how quickly like how old would you have been when you started working with flash things well the way i was using flash was not explicitly to make video games i was trying to make just online sort of experiences so similar to like how tale of tales got started yeah. They would make websites that that were artworks. So I wanted I had all these these websites where you can just go and depending what time of the day you went, well it looked different or you could click on different things and I created all these little small houses that you could kind of go inside and you know poke around and stuff. Um so that that was that was neat, but then um I st- I discovered Unity r- very early on, like when it was still free and still very minimal. And I started to make video games. So, like in a in one year, I think I, I released like I don't know, like fifteen uh, different mini glitch uh, Unity games. Um, and then I started started to look at how other people were making games. So I got I got into Love Two D, and I I I, mean, I did this remix of um, Proteus. Yeah, yeah, I saw this. Um, and after that, I was like, "Fuck it, I'm just gonna make my own everything." <laughs> But like that seems quite recent. I mean, it was when was Purgatorius? Is that like eight or nine years ago? Something like that. Yeah, and maybe maybe less than that. Maybe, maybe less like, than that. Yeah, like I don't think Proteus is even that old actually. Um, yeah. So just in the sort of intervening years, then like your teenage years, did you still play a lot of games, or did you find your kind of interest in making things and remixing things kind of took over? Oh, well, playing games, yeah. Well, but I don't really like. I, 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 I'm in touch with all these people who play like 
a thousand games a year or something and they they play yeah. five minutes in all of them or sometimes they play like you know 10 hours like 100 hours of all of them and i can't really wrap my head around that around that but you, what i do usually well, i'll play one game for like too long and i'll just play that this one game so like i guess they went to phases but i played probably like a thousand hours of quake 3 uh, i played countless hours of eve online while i was playing quake 3 um uh, ultima online and Quake 2 or two big players too. Civilization, like, I don't know how many hours I ranked in Civilization 5. So instead of playing all these different, like, Nuclear, Nuclear Throne is one game that I played a lot recently. So, well, maybe like two years ago, I was, I just spent, I, I think, three months doing nothing but playing Nuclear Throne. And I created all these tools to, to make perfect runs and, and I was, really pushing the game <laughs> really pushing the game into like the way I was I was playing it but um but yeah like a, it, it looks like a long span of time but imagine that across this whole time I would play like the same game for many months in a, in a row without really changing like like it might sound kind of weird but I was living with a friend of mine who worked at Ubisoft at the time and he showed up one day and he was like oh like the game we just worked on is released and he was one of these Rainbow Six games, I don't know, like eleven or whatever, and I I played the same level. I only I only I think I only tried the first level, and I played it on repeat for a whole winter. So like four months in a row, I would just play this one level, just perfect my, you know, like perfect the way I was doing this this yeah. one mission. And that 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 kind of that's almost like. Um... Uh, speedrunners like that that's kind of you know how how speedrunners would approach a game it's not the the challenge of the game is one thing but it's about breaking the game and doing it as fast as possible or, and figuring out all the various exploits like I, I is that how you see it is it about kind of mastery because i think it's quite civilization i can totally understand why you play that for you know thousands of hours and quake as well because it's kind of competitive but things like playing one level of rainbow six again and again and again like what do you what do you get out of that is it just maybe like a flow state or is it a sense of mastery or i guess it's the the sense of mastery of like you know exactly how it's gonna you know exactly how it's gonna play out yeah and you just physically try to do the best possible uh well, to to to, to, to like force the best possible outcome, um, and I think the way I was playing Quake, like I played so much Quake, like single player, just because uh, you can do a sort of like a, a jump crouch in, mm -hmm. in Quake that lets you uh, surf a little bit, and I played Quake on my own just to make these like forty like like specific jumps, like for countless hours, and I guess that's that's similar to the way I was playing uh, Rainbow Six, I suppose. But is that you don't strike me as um, someone who is particularly competitive, though. Like, did, did you feel it was like that? Like, because that that sort of you know, I'm going to play stuff again and again and again until I've perfected it. That's there's an element of of competition to that with a lot of people. I mean, that's kind of built into video games, like high scores and things. Did were you doing it for that reason, or was it just your own personal satisfaction? Yeah, not not really. I'm I'm not especially good at Quake, but I do these jumps really well. Uh, um, like after after Quake, I kind of like well, it, so like Quake became Quake three, Quake Live, and the support on Mac was was just awful, and I kind of like my interest in it kind of dwindled, and I discovered 
EVE Online, which is not real. Like, there's no real, real way in which you can apply these these skills. You know, like a of perfect. You can't really like. Well, it's not really physical. It's not really a physical game. It's kind of like no, an no, idle no. background. It's a beautiful screensaver kind of game. But that introduced to me like a whole new way of playing games, which I liked. But that that, that I could also apply the things I was trying to do in Diablo, which is to create like it's like really intense role play. Okay. And uh, so the the way I was playing Eve Online in the beginning was kind of silly. I was just like, well, actually, if if you try to play Eve Online for the first time and you just try to shoot down everything you see, it's not gonna be a very pleasant experience, or it's gonna it's not gonna last long, anyways. Yeah. But you, but even online, if the, the, the like the interest in it is that people create these personas over a long period of time, so it's really nice to show up somewhere and people like will have heard of the war of you know X or yeah, like yeah, yeah. they will know you know oh you, oh you know this guy who know this guy oh cool cool interesting <laughs> like could you could you help me you know like get get on this good side and I'll you know I'll, I'll show you how to like acquire this this ship or this this or that or meet this other person and. Uh, had like the kind of the way I got in, to play Eve online was interesting because um, I had friends who were doing the radio. So there's Eve radio which you can listen to while you play. Yeah, and it's usually just like EBM industrial uh, noise music and really cool people from Toronto were doing uh, uh, the show, and uh, they were like, "Hey, we we always play your mu- like we play your music once in a while on the radio, so you should you should listen and tune in." So before playing Eve online, I would just you know work on my things, but. In the background, I was listening to the Eve radio, and listening of all these these things that were happening in the world made me want to try it. So, I slowly got into uh, Eve Online this way, and, and it was kind of nice to create a to play as someone else. And I got to meet people who were pushing the role play thing like a lot further than, than I could imagine. You know, when I was playing Ultima Online, people some people were trying to role play, and yeah. but then you just fireball them and you know <laughs> be done with it but but even but in even online it's completely different the, the, the whole structure of the game encourages it so how like what what was your your role then what 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 role were you playing in eve online were you part of a corporation or is that what they, they have in eve online it's like the equivalent of like big gangs basically yeah well i was just uh I was I was no one, and I wasn't doing anything special. I was like just slowly grinding to get the, one of the ghost ships that I that I wanted. But in the meantime, I I spent most of my time just chatting with people and interacting with other players. And one one story I guess that I got out of that that I think about it every day is the the guild leader. Well, the leader of because I got into like the E Radio cr- uh, crew, and okay. they were like, "Oh, j- join join us!" And so they invited me into an alliance and. And I, I got to hang out with them, and the guild leader was—I I was surprised because he was online, I, like twenty hours a day or something. He was always there, and whenever I needed something or go somewhere, he would be like, "Yeah, sure," you know, like meet this person at that place, and they'll—they'll they'll take you there. I was like, "Okay, wow, this guy is crazy." So I, at some, like, eventually I got to speak with him one on one, and he was like, "He would never break character," and and that was really interesting. So, you know, like. It was late in the evening, and I was playing, listening to music, and I was like, "Okay, so like, you know, what do you do when you're not playing Eve Online? Like, what, what like, I, I'm trying to wrap my head around what life must be for you." And and he was like, "What do you mean? I, I, I'm, I wake up and I'm a space captain, and I, when I go to bed, I'm a space captain that, that falls asleep, and 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 I could just the way it was like he would never 
diverge from this persona. Like it was impossible yeah. for me to corner him. And I was like, well, I guess, I mean, if you're going to play a game for like 10 years in a row and the, the only reality that you get to know is the one in which you're a captain and Absolutely. that's perfectly fine. So I kind of like stopped nagging him about that. And I was just like, well, this guy is like a full time eight, like nine to five captain, you know, and he's living the gimmick as they say. Yeah. Um, and, but if it, as long as he was happy though, like I, I, there is no, there is no, no problem with these things. Um, that, that's, that's fascinating. I'm, I'm curious, like you kind of, you, you made reference there briefly to the, the fact that, that you're a musician as well and you make music and given the kind of diversity of stuff that you've done, like at what, did you ever kind of stop and think, oh, I need to get a job or like I should work <laughs> towards some, not get a job, you know what I mean? Like, like in terms of like, oh, maybe I'd like to make a video game and I'll work towards that rather than what you seem to have done, which is I'd like to make music, therefore I will make music and I'd like to make games, therefore I will also make games and do that. Like where, where do you think you get this kind of, uh, this sort of, this sort of DIY spirit from? That's a tough question. Uh, well, you're asking me about technical independence. Yeah, yeah. And, like, did you ever sort of think about going I guess to university? I really? No, I I was not a very good student, and that thought hasn't crossed my mind. But also, like, judging from people I know who's gone to university, I don't think that would be a good fit for me. Um, I, I mean, it, it depends. Maybe I would. Maybe if I wanted to, maybe one day I will be completely fed up with all of this stuff and try to learn a technical skill that I don't, yeah. I don't know, like, I, I'm more, like, I can't think of a thing, maybe besides surgery, or, like, there's there's already a few th things that I can't learn on YouTube, or at least I try, I can't try to learn on YouTube, I mean, uh, so, so, <laughs> like, we approached, like, my thought about sailing was that it was probably easier than programming, and, and it is, I mean, you, you look at... <laughs> Uh, so like, yeah, if, if, if there's something I'm missing to, a to manage or to get to, to be, which is whatever, uh, I'm sure I can, f I'll find a way to, to learn it. Like recently we were watching the movie, um, Captain Fantastic. Oh, it's a good it's, movie. Yeah. And it's a good testament on like, don't rely on other people ever. And, and you won't, you won't have any trouble ever. So like, just do, <laughs> like do your thing and. And, uh, don't mingle with people too, too, like, too, too closely. And, uh, I've been, when I, when I was watching this movie, I was like, yeah, this, I can relate. Like, you want something and you just, you, you have to learn the skills to, you know, get from A to B. And then, then you discovered that you need new skills to get to C. And in, in no way going to university factors in me not being able to get to a place that I want. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, it, 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 I, I think like I, I thoroughly subscribe to that attitude, but I think for a lot of people, it's it, it takes a bit more time to get to that stage because there, there's so much of your life that is kind of, um, I mean, it's not indoctrinated. It, it is in a very mild way, but you know, you you go to school and then you go to university, and that's just how things are. And it takes a certain, <clears throat> I think, it takes a certain kind of emotional. Um, and kind of intellectual maturity to realize, oh, hang on, I didn't need to do it like that, but that's okay. I've done that now and I can discover new things. Um, I should just point out because I may sort of cut this, the part from before the show, but briefly before the show, we talked about 
where you were at the minute. So just to sort of give it in context, you were currently living on a, a boat with your girlfriend. Are you just outside of New Zealand? Yeah, no, we're in New Zealand. Are we're, you in uh, New Zealand? We're in a city called Fangare, which is maybe two hours away by car from Auckland. Okay, cool. And, and so, like the... sorry, like you, when you decided to do this, you didn't know how to sail. You decided, oh, we'll just figure out how to sail and get a boat and live on that. Uh, well, we got the boat and then we're like, okay, now we have to learn how to sail. <laughs> that, that, I mean, I, I do love that attitude. And has it been, like, this is a totally, that this is now going to be off topic from video games, but I'm just, there are so many parts of your life that I'm fascinated by. Like, how how has that been? Like, you said, oh, it's probably not as hard as programming. It's not, but it's also not as, uh, you know, programming isn't as physically dangerous as sailing. Like, how has it been? Oh, well, you don't, you haven't done the sort of programming. <laughs> but, but, but uh, you know, it's, it's more physically dangerous, maybe. But if you apply the same rigorousness at the way you're, you were, like, no, if, if you're consistent on the way you're approaching things, like, it's not more dangerous than, I mean, it's probably more dangerous to go to, go to school, go to university every day and crossing uh, sidewalks and things and being uh, really close to cars and other people. When you're in a sailboat, you're, I mean, you're okay. You're subject to the weather, but you're also in control of almost everything that's around you, besides big waves and things. But like, you're not gonna get hit by another person falling asleep at, on the road, or you know, like it's different kind of dangers. So, but, but the, it, the, the, have you not felt kind of a bit nervous at any point? Like, or do you just kind of approach it as a a kind of straight up intellectual exercise where you're like, I'm not gonna. I don't have I don't time know, I, to be I, terrified of this big wave or this storm. Let's just run through the checklist. Do we know what we're doing? I've been, I mean, we've, we've had some pretty rough weather and we had nervous moments and we ripped sails and, um, but the, I mean, there are moments in life where people should be nervous and they're not. And, but I guess like, I don't know, like yesterday where Rick was telling me about that. So there's this, this sailing boat now, I think it's it's complete. Um, I think they're Indian. Like, where are they from, the ladies? Like, it's that boat boat from India full of Indian ladies, and they're getting close to a place in the ocean in the South Pacific. I think it's called the Nemo Point. Okay. And it, the oceanic point of inaccessibility, and it's the furthest place from land on Earth, I think. And. Uh, Come on, it's it's appealing, right? You want to go there. I don't think I do. I don't think I do. <laughs> I think that is genuinely like a thing that you're into. Um, I, I also I have a thing with water. Like the idea of I don't like to be in on on an ocean where I can't see the land. I get nervous. Um, and no, that doesn't excite me at all. I always like when people would read kind of like Moby Dick or any kind of adventure exploration stories. I'm like, I don't think. That's I wouldn't be that person. I would be the person accidentally stowed away, terrified for the whole journey. Um, but I do like that. That sounds it sounds exciting, and I'd like to hear about it. But I don't think I would like to do it. Um, but maybe that's more of a comment on on me rather than you. Um, so how I'm going to bring it back to sort of video games and stuff for a bit. So when when you started making games and stuff. Do you think it was 
sort of similar to the way that you you say you played games to the point where you were just looking to kind of master something and you enjoyed the the process of it when you were making games did you have any kind of um economic idea in mind or was it just like i want to express myself i want to figure out these systems you weren't thinking what would it be a fun game that people would like to play yeah i, I guess i approach video games making video game making more in the, the angle of like what what would i be playing right now kind of i don't know it's hard to say because it, it comes from a strange place because it's not the like i feel like i've i've probably said in the past that i'm making the games that i want to play but at yeah. the same time it doesn't sound like before i was talking about the video games that really have made a difference for me and they don't really sound that much like the video games that i would actually play but when i when i make these 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 engines and these designs it's like it's exactly what i feel should be out there so for i guess it's it comes back to the ta- like two assisted um thing i was mentioning before yeah. i guess because for me like the engine part of the des- or the design part of making of making a video games is playing through a tool assisting tool assistant uh program because it's i mean when you work when you make this video game you spend like countless hours in this world doing these like moving these people around and it's the sort of interaction that i like to have with digital media okay and and making games allow me that like remixing video games allow gives me that and and as soon as there's any sort of hand holding in any game it just turns me off and it's just like no this is like I'm being told where to go, what to do, and I hate it. <laughs> so, video game development is like the few instances in 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 art or in games, I guess, where you can kind of when 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 you you can truly explore. And there's just few, like there's a few art games that explores this, like uh, Shared Cart or Fjords. This it's like you have to open like decompile the game and just mess around the numbers and then play it again and get to get through doors and what like the work of uh, MCC often or Laren Schmidt often like yeah nav- navigate this sort of space where you don't like you don't take the player for it's less about playing, taking the player for a ride and more like the player finding its own path into a cool system and and that is the that's the reason why I make games I guess <laughs> in some way yeah i'm wondering like the way you're describing it it sounds like kind of a lot of the um like the work you do just coding things like making browsers and and art tools and stuff like do you think you get the same kind of pleasure from that as you would through like mastering a video game or just playing through a a game of diablo or something maybe diablo is a bad example but you know what i mean no but like the way i was playing diablo was through a trainer which allowed me to move my character around by code and now when I'm making video games, it's so close to that. It's, I, I mean, sometimes I, I'm sure if I, had, if I had a screenshot of my desktop at the time when I was working, when I was playing with Diablo through a trainer, it would look so similar to me right now moving a sprite around through the console of the game. And I think, I guess it's, I hope it's not nostalgia, but it's something similar to the feeling I had when I was meta playing games yeah. where I would like have tools play for me. Even if it is nostalgia, it's a very unique nostalgia that is kind of fascinating and probably unlike most uh, most people's. Um, like, do, do you have you ever played a game? I, I, this this sounds like a terrible question, but have you ever played a game 
in the way it was supposed to be played and got a level of enjoyment out of it? Um, I'm sure there is an example. It maybe doesn't come to mind right now, but I'm sure there's, <laughs> there's there has to be there's a, um, like I've played the Zelda games on GameCube and these these games, and I, I mean I played Ocarina of Time and these classics as well. I've and I've I'm, I'm sure I played them the way I was supposed to play them. I've played like some of my favorite games are like Riven and Mist and these point and click adventures, and I've played them exactly what, how how they were designed. But those but are, recently... I mean, those are very similar to that kind of what you're describing. Is that you know you give the player a world and let them figure out how to how to deal with it, how to what they're supposed to do, and how to do it. Yeah, I guess. I mean, uh, th there are some games that I, I didn't enjoy at all because I was I felt I was too too much in a, in a box. Yeah. And you, and I could see the walls and and I didn't like that so much. Um, when in GDC, when, when, during GDC, I got to play a game that was pretty cool. I think it was something something Edith Finch. Oh yeah, what reminds me of Edith Finch? I'm playing that right now. Actually, it's amazing. And that game was kind of cool because it was just like make try to piece the the, the puzzle together in your in, in your head by looking at all these things. And I got to play with the game designer, and who was like, he would let me play for. Let, let me. Wait, can you hear that? I can. Yeah, the but sound? it's okay. It's it's nice. It's atmosphere. Oh I'm just gonna chickpea. Okay, we're putting chickpea on. Okay, the... okay I'm done. <laughs> how how has um? This is completely off topic. We'll come back to the matter at hand. How how is living in such a confined space with a significant other? How are you getting on? Are you getting on okay? Oh yeah, no, it's nice. We Good. have an, uh, the the boat is big enough for two, and uh, yeah, if 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 one is is tired, we can just go outside. I mean, this outside is huge. So, are you both the captain of the ship? Yeah, co-captains. Good. Okay. Um, sorry, so Edith Finch. You're talking about Edith Finch. Uh, it's it just like a re. It, it was a recent ex example of a game that I can remember. That was like pretty like open and open enough that uh, I guess, but but that, that probably comes back to like Mist and Riven. I was trying to find an example that was not like the other things I've yeah. mentioned, but I guess it, it it is exactly like the other ones. But either finish is quite interesting because it is um, it's relatively straightforward in the sense that you know there is no the, the puzzle is just kind of putting the story together in your head. That you know the actual process of playing it is. Is is very straightforward. There's some really interesting kind of, you know, um, sort of design decisions to like make it feel um, like it's uh, give it some variety, so you're not just walking in a linear fashion. But nevertheless, it is quite sort of straightforward. But it's just yeah, very well designed, and a lot of the, the family history is amazing. Um, yeah, but in a way, it's kind of like mist where. Like unless you're gonna you're gonna turn that lever properly, you won't be able to go forward. That's true. Yeah, that is true. Um, I'm gonna take a, a brief aside for some relatively quick fire questions. Um, I feel like I probably know the answer to most of these already, given what we've talked about. But I'm gonna attempt it anyway. Um, sure. So, Devine, um, if you had to play a game with death for your own mortal soul, what game are you best at? Wait, wait say that again. A, a game for. A game for your soul, like you play a game with death for your soul. What game are you best at? 
Oh, playing a game like against death, like like death. Sorry, like like a seven seal. Like seven seal, yeah. Um, what game would I play that I have a ch- I would have a chance? Maybe, hmm, Age of Empire, maybe. Oh, that's, that's good. Would you allow sort of two assisted runs? Do you have your own? Oh, hacks I, I would cheat. I would cheat my way into <laughs> into that for sure. Um. Is there a game that you've kind of um, spent, like a, a game that you kind of had to uninstall because it was just taking up far too much of your life? Uh, XCOM. Which one? The the recent ones. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. And did you like this? Is I'm I'm interested about this because usually when I ask people these questions, uh, this question specifically, it's always like an MMO or something like that, or or something like Diablo. And the thing I find interesting is whether or not at the end of that time, people feel guilty about it. Like, do you feel, did you feel like to, to uninstall it, that that implies that you're like, oh, this is becoming a problem now. I need to get rid of this. Do, do you feel that that is time wasted? Like, do you feel, um, do you, did you enjoy it in retrospect or were you like, no, this is just too much? I, I, the reason I uninstalled it is because I was, I, I didn't feel the joy so much anymore. I was just grinding. Okay. For, I, like it, yeah. Like the, kind of like, I don't know. It, it felt like you would. Let's say you were playing uh, Kingdom Rush or something, and you're just grinding for to have like a hundred percent number yeah. displaying, and then you're like, but it feels terrible when you get there. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I want to keep a good memory of XCOM, so I just, I was like, okay, that's like, I've, I've, I've done it. It's in my head. It's a hundred percent. I'm just gonna put it to rest you and just hack the code and just make it say a hundred percent, and then. Put it aside. Oh uh, yeah, I'm not sure if that would make you feel good. Or that, no, that's just that, that's just a reason to open the game again. It's a terrible idea. Um, are you like are you a particularly competitive player? Have you ever been locked in a particularly fierce high score battle with anyone? No, I, I'm pretty bad at usually at most multiplayer games. Like I, I played a, a a ton of StarCraft, but I was pretty bad. At Quake, I, I mean Quake, I've always been, always been bad, but I love it. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I just I just like to be online with other people. I guess not. I don't care so much to be like the best, and all these this esports stuff is really not for me. That's fair enough. Um, do you have a game that's like um, that's like your sort of chicken soup that you would go to for for comfort? Um, yeah. Uh, do you know Tokyo Extreme Racer? I've heard of it. I don't know. I haven't played it. Um, it's a Dreamcast game where you're just on a, you're like on a highway and there's, it's just a closed loop and you can go on forever, just kind of like going in circle. And whenever you see a car that you want to race, you just flash your lights at a car. And if they want to race with you, they will race. And that's the game. And that was such a comforting sort of like end of the end of the day. And, you know, after an exhausting sort of, I don't know intense uh, day or something you can just sit down put some trance music and just go in circle on this highway and i could just go on forever that 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 if i had that right now like i can think of a few instances where i would just sit down and race around the track on tokyo extreme racer that's good um given the kind of the 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 breadth of uh, emotions video games are potentially able to convey uh, one of the rarest is still um laughter so what games have really made you laugh um, Thrine. Thrine? Yeah, it's like uh, this really weird 
three player multiplayer oh with the wizard and the the archer and the warrior thing yeah i know the one oh my god this game such a is, or, just, or like... is it the slapstick of it uh no it's just like the dickery of how you can help how, how how you can play it's kind of like this mario game where you can pick up the other players and throw yes, them yes. while well, we were playing competitive throwing <laughs> and uh, well recently we we played another one that was so funny it's a uh, muscle what's the name of it you're like controlling the arms and the legs of it's like a it's a indie game where you gang can beasts. play four players it's a gang beast no no gang, gang beast is nice but i'm not thinking of that one you're like muscular man with like physics and like the, there's like physics in your genitals. Mount your friends. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, the one. Oh, that is very good. M- yeah, mount your, your friends. Yeah. <laughs> um, I feel like I've missed one of my quick fire questions, but I can't remember where it was. I'm sure someone will point it out to me. Um. Okay. Um. Yeah. Going back to this idea of 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 time, like bigger because of. The, the way that you've sort of played a lot of games or played like a few games for a long period of time. I'm interested in this because um, you kind of, you've developed like a kind of uh, a productivity tool, basically that kind of, you know, tracks your, your time and what you've been working on at different points. Was that somehow kind of provoked by video games? Would it have been a case of like, I've spent too long on this. I need to kind of, I need to justify my time in a sense, you know? Um, yes, it might be related to video games and not in that, in that angle. I think it's more like, uh, I think it might come from playing The Sims. Oh, really? Yeah. You know how in The Sims you can inspect your character and know all of the character's, uh, health stats and creativity points and, and so on. And I've always wanted to have that for people. Okay. And especially for me. So... I think that w- that might have played a role in how I wanted to. Like, I was like, I want to know if if I'm doing right, if I'm doing good, and it's really hard to. Let's say you're like looking from in from inside. It's really hard, but if you can have a, an outside an outside look that ha- that can look across a long period of of time, then you have a better idea. So I was like, okay, m- maybe if I make a tool that actually shows shows me with numbers and and progress bars and. And like thumbs ups and downs, I, I would have a better idea of how good I'm do, I'm actually doing. It, I was speaking with, with Rekha about this topic just yesterday. I think a lot of people think they they are underperforming, right? Especially online with social media and stuff, looking Absolutely, at other people. Yeah. Like, like you might think that your I don't know that your level of output is really bad compared to this this or that that, that person. But if you most of these people, I think, they don't even have an idea if they're doing that good or bad. They might be doing fine, no. and they might be doing more than these other people actually, but they just don't have an idea and any idea. And that is that can be like uh, I wouldn't say intoxicating, but the opposite yeah. of that. Like you, you're kind of like like since you don't have any data, you 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 think that it's the, it's probably the worst. Yeah, right? I think everybody since, probably thinks that they're doing worse than everybody else. Um, yeah, yeah, and 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 just opening up this sort of of data, it's probably healthier. Like I was speaking with a friend of mine who's who's also been doing this sort of tracking for many years now, and and I think we came into tracking with the idea that we were like, yeah, we work eight hours a day, and and like we're like we're 
we're we're going to optimize for eight hours a day. But then when it comes down to numbers, we're like we were both be like talking like, well, so after ten years of tracking, my average focus hour per day is three point seven hours. <laughs> and, and 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 my friend was like, yeah, me too. You know, like we're so far off from the eight hours that is expected for most people who are doing nine to five nine to five jobs. And I think that's a I don't know. It reveals some 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 kind of darker yeah, think, yeah. proof that's, or something. Nine to five is a total myth, though. Like even people working nine to five don't work nine to five. They'll probably have maybe three or four hours of good productivity, and then you just fill the time in with idle chat and bathroom breaks and whatever you can. You know, it's just it's a, a very arbitrary figure. It's a, this this tool that you've made is that a thing people can use themselves, or is it just for you? Or um. Well, now there's like many flavors of that tool online. So there's like, there's a Josh who made a build on HIO that you can download and you can use. But the reason why I didn't make it myself is that I think you need to have a vested interest and in it's, you need to have like a, some, like a sort of like a sunk cost uh, bias. So like if you just use like this free iPhone app that you can tap how many hours you worked on a day, you'll give it up after like a few days. But if you like spent this like X amount of hours building a tool that is custom designed for you, then there's le less and less reason for you to give it up and more and more vested interest in you keeping to use it. So, so far, the people who've succeeded into keeping it up for the longest are people who built their own tools. So I, I think it's really easy to replicate, but um, that is one tool that I'm not going to make for other people. Okay. Do you think... Um when this is this is maybe in bad taste though hope you don't take it in bad taste that i always imagine this like when people like gravestones to the future is what i'm thinking of so when people die in the future if you have this tool for the, your life you could have like an amazing infographic as your you know here lies uh Devine and just have all of your stats i think that'd be quite a satisfying thing to have for people you know oh i just like the aesthetic of that anyways it's it's beautiful, isn't it? I'd love that. Just like a sort of because you know, gravestones generally look like iPhones anyway. Just to have that kind of touch screen. Here are your stats. This is how much you slept. This is how much you work. This is what you yeah. Made. But you'll end up with like this. Well, I hate the idea of gravestones as a whole. But like, let's let's let, if we play with the idea a bit, like you'd have like these people who would have like these super pompous like four stories high gravestones who are like you know lucky enough to have been born in a rich family or something, yeah, and then. Yeah. That will overcast a very long shadow onto like the people who were born with with less luck and that were not able to. You, I I think there should be no gravestones. <laughs> Just stats, <laughs> raw data. Um, the, the, how like do, do you consider that gamification? Like, do you consider that gamification of your life? Like, does that make each day feel more like I need to achieve X amount of things or I've lost for today. I guess that depends on how you use the information that you've got. And yes and no. I mean, it depends. If I'm doing less than usual, then I'll be like, oh, I, I can I can probably still, like on paper it says I can still probably do a bit more. But if I'm above, I can usually just be like, well, I've done my tasks for today and I can just sit back and not feel guilty about not doing more, you know, like because... A lot of, I mean, because there's so much of that. It's for me. It's really easy to fall into the. I should be making more. I should be, I should be making more. Like, look at all these people who have like all these this much more commits and 
and and things but like i've i found my comfortable uh index of productivity yeah and i'm not trying to push it higher because it it says that it's going to make me more miserable i just i just try to i just try to be as close as possible and and be content with that um yeah i, I think it's i think it's amazing and I, I i absolutely think that people making it for themselves or, or at least setting their own standards of what they feel is good or, or bad so that those aren't really useful it's just generally these are the things that i've done for these days i think that's a potentially very useful thing and maybe well, quite damaging for the wrong people i don't know yeah i think like right now it's especially bad because we just crossed new year and you get all these people with these resolutions and, and oh, of course that, yeah of course and so i mean it's there's there's a name for this sort of bias but it's like let's say you ask i forget the whole thing but let's say let's say you forget yeah let's say you sorry let's say you ask students like a student you'll be like um can you finish your homework for friday and then the student, the student will be like yes but then you ask the student okay so last week were you able to finish your homework by friday no and the, day, the week before, no. So based on the previous, like based on previous data that you have, you think like it's it's obvious that you won't be able to finish it by Friday, but you still think that you can. Like not having graphed out this data that you can look at and make address decisions, you're just gonna like throw out things that are gonna be, make you feel miserable and are un- unachievable based on the standards that you yeah. probably know or that you can find out and if only you had the data you know like at hand so when i i mean I, this week has been a lot of discussion on this topic because yeah you get these people who are like oh yeah, i'm gonna learn a new language today and okay so uh, this year and okay so last year how many languages did you learn and or like in the, in the previous years like it's, it's it's setting the bar so high based on other people's like projected standards and so everyone is trying to like one up each other but like the there's no real representation of their real actual output yeah yeah so yeah how, how would how would anybody know um it's, it's, it's so interesting there's, there's so many um there's so many interesting things i want to talk to you about the, the, I, i'm trying to i'm desperately searching for a way to connect this with games and i don't know if i can maybe you can help me with it but i'm just generally fascinated that you decided to create your create your own language like uh, is that was that that seems like such a crazy thing to to do and attempt even well not if like everything that i'm doing makes absolute sense for me and it would for you if you were if we could spend enough time, to, yeah. yeah, yeah, but okay, so, but actually, like, no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, sorry, I will, I will let you carry on. I just, I am, I have found a way to connect it back to games in the sense yeah. that you live your life in the way that you play video games, and that you don't like being handheld. You don't like kind of going through this. I was gonna, yes, I was gonna say just that. I mean, like the way I play life is through tool assisted yeah. uh, tools, right? <laughs> So, so uh, I mean, that is that. I mean, I have everything that I kind of read about you in my research. That that seems to be the most kind of bold choice. Like, no, I'm going to invent my own language. Like, okay, you must the, you must realize the, that that is quite a, a bold proclamation. 
Well, I feel like in my immediate circle, like every second person has built their own language, but maybe it's it's a bit skewed from the people I hang out with. But and I mean um, like a literal language. This isn't like a coding thing. This is like a a language. No, I, yeah, I know, but uh, as for the sake of the listeners, not for not for you. Okay, so so I, I my first language is French, and um, I. I like French. I mean, French is fine, but it's aging so badly and it's so bad at addressing issues that are coming up and people are so reticent at changes that I think for a long time I've been trying to fix French. And when I look at other people who created reforms and the way they were received makes me very not hopeful. And I guess my interest in creating like languages or like at least creating this one language was was like fuck it i'm just going to i'm just going to make this project at least so i can fix it in for my sake you know because so uh, french is going to face this issue soon where it's going to need a third person pronoun singular mm-hmm. and french has no tools to implement it so so naturally what 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 I did was I was I started to look at other languages and the way they addressed it, or at least looked at um, reforms of the French language that were suggested that would find a way to fix it. And I, right now I'm trying to like the language that I created is like a mixture of all these reforms that I liked. Kind of, it's it has nothing to do with French, but it's the gymnastics of finding solutions for this this specific problems. Okay. For, for these specific problems, and that it somehow had me collect all these notes that I put together in a language. Does that make sense? No, it does absolutely make sense. Um, and again, like this is like I, I'm 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 fascinated by language. Like I I I love language and, and linguistics, and I'm all I'm. I, I did a. A degree in, in English and, and that specific part of it and in the, the kind of the, the science of language and kind of structuralism and how kind of how we infer all of our meaning through language and how it's kind of the binary aspect of language I like I see it so much in the kind of the kind of the, the, the popular discourse I suppose you see people on Twitter and there's so much of it that is a problem with language even in video games like I've, I've mentioned this on the the show before like the, the kind of the the breadth of things that a video game can do that there isn't that it just it, there aren't enough words to to you know to express those you know a game doesn't work for something like like an edith finch or something it's not a it's not a game it's a it's a it's an experience a walking simulator you know you fall back on kind of lazy things but i i think it's so I just I, I can't think of anyone else that would be like oh do you know what fuck it I'll just invent my own that I'll just fix it like it, 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 I think it's it's the it's the confidence in that it's the it's the idea that that can actually be done you know I'm not sure how that came about and how like I I see this in other people too like, there's a few people that I I can see that it's their they have this instinct of like trying to uh, uh, fix things that they don't like, or like imagine, imagine a world where video games are like all open source and you can just edit them to make it 
to give it your flavor. So you'd, you'd, let's say you take a Journey, for instance. Well, you have Journey, but then you have all these different forks of this one game that that people like all these flavors of the game that people created. Like it's like oh, I wanted to play with like my seven cousins, so I created Journey eight player, and and so you can play this 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 flavor of Journey, and somebody like expanded this eight player journey into like a battle journey or like all, all these i would love like right now we iterate starting it, we iterate through the world of video games by starting back from the beginning and building an engine to, to, from the ground up and a whole new game design and it's a pain in the ass like the games that i'm that, that we're doing as under 100 rabbits they're all open source and it's really nice to see what people have done with them. They, they, they forked it, forked the repository into their own flavors of the game. Some people who don't know how to make video games, but know how to draw will replace sprites and put themselves in the game. And maybe someone will pick that up and like make a full fledged game where like you, you play as a human or so. This is, I, I guess we're trying to replicate the way that I, that I think video games should be where it's, we're, we're we're selling entertainment and experience, but also like the re- the the, thru- the truth of it is that we're also hopefully uh, giving like the real game for players like me who wants to decompile and mess around yeah. with the thing and put it back together and really play it as it's it was meant to be. You know? What what do you make then with that in mind? What do you make of games like? Um... Like Mario Maker or Little Big Planets or anything. Have you tried any of those? Like, do you think yeah, is that yeah. just not quite far enough, or is that? Do you enjoy that? I like, I like, I like that. I, I, I think, I think that's a step in the right way. Like level, des- level design tools. It's like okay, yeah, yeah, it's a nice try. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but um, you know, like remixing a video game is is, I think. It, if the if the if the game is designed in a way that is modify modifiable in any way easily, I think that has a lot of value. Uh, giving um, the players to have the option to create levels is like a sort of like centralized um, opening, like a way of being a centralized openness. Yeah. But like if you have open source video games, then you have like decentralized openness, which I think is even a greater. Of greater value, anyways. But the the like, you must be aware that the. I don't know. Maybe like maybe I'm being unfair here by projecting this. Like I I don't think most people would want that. You know, in the in the sense that you know you look at something like Little Big Planet, which is quite limited in terms of you know what you're able to do. But nevertheless, you know, it's relatively straightforward if you're willing to put in the time. But the amount of I think it's, I mean, I don't know the actual statistics, but I'm sure it's a very low percentage of actual players actually make anything, certainly make anything of note, you know, compared to the, the vast majority of people who just who just want that experience, you know? Uh, yeah, but that, 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 I mean, that's fine. I mean, most, most people don't care to decompile games and, and they'll be happy just playing along and, you know, like, holding the, the designer's hand and, 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 and be done with the game and move, to, move on to something else. But, I mean, I'm just talking about the people like, like the, the, the few people who are like not discontent, but just kind of like, like, okay, yeah, this is cool, but how about... Yeah, 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 no, totally. Uh, like, I, I, I don't mean to, I'm not trying to kind of dismiss either side. I'm just, I, I think that is, 
I think it's a very, I don't know if it's rare, but it's it's less common. This kind of this love of kind of pulling apart and remixing and rebuilding and building your own tools. I think there would be a large portion of people relying on a small portion of people to actually make interesting things, um, which I think is probably yeah, I think, I think, similar to the case it is now anyway, you know? Yeah, well, right now the tools are awkward and not everyone has the lingo to just do that that kind of stuff and it's kind of a shame. But um, I, I'm kind of dreaming of a, of, a, of a time where like programming is really accessible and people don't even call it programming anymore. It's just like, it's like, oh, you can unpackage the thing and... <laughs> And move, move, move. I want to spawn here instead of there. And like, like, uh, there's. I have a friend. Uh, her name is uh, Rachel, and that's kind of what she does. She she take ROMs of like Nintendo sixty four games, like Animal Crossing or whatever, and then she reskins the thing and make it into like this glitch horror game. And and I find that amazing. I find. I hope that people in the future do that with the games today. And and sometimes some games will will won't have this second life where you can decompile them because the tools were super obfuscated and and the, the source code is trash. Yeah. But but some of some of what's being made today will be able to will be unpackageable and you can kind of like poke around and, and change the things and I think that there's I hope there's we're going to have events of this and like a whole genre genre of games where like it's different flavors of what the, the designer it originally intended yeah. for the game to be and like i guess um i mean I, I usually sort of ask people this like do you feel like are you still excited by the potential of video games but i guess like would that be true in the sense that you you look forward to this future where everyone can decompile and remix and reprogram everything else like do you still are there still games i guess like in the past couple of years that have kind of evoke this same sort of sense of kind of wonder and, and love that can maybe early experiences with games would have um well i'm super optimistic and i i, I mean video games is such a young medium yeah. uh, we're, we're we're still seeing a lot of the growing pains that i guess we can observe into other medias but um but yeah like all in all i'm super hopeful i mean people are going to be cynical and be like well this is like a super utopian uh, vision of what a uh, game should be or are, but like seriously, in the past few just just past few past few months, I mean, people have been creating games in JavaScript and wrapping them in Electron, and that is the easiest thing to just rip apart and change. And, and I'm thinking like, well, if this is how people are gonna like, if I I'm gonna be no, I'm gonna say JavaScript rocks because I'm gonna get so much hate but like <laughs> there, there 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 is there is value in using simple tools well to make things that are easy like easily read and studied and learned from and and i hope i hope that people do that because that would make for sure for me a hopeful vision of the of video games in the future but a place where like a game is unplayable because like one one big reality that we had to face is that all the games that are released on iOS, every new iOS version would make the game unplayable and break it apart. Like it would just look, look like garbage. Like I would be, I would open Xcode and I would be like six version of Swift Lang behind and I would have to migrate all of this. And it, trust me, it changed 
change a lot in between each version, so I would have to spend countless hours making it work. And when it would work, by that time, a new version would have come out and I would have to start again. And that was a pain in the ass. But but that told me that, that I was like, well, is is the game that I made going to die with the platform? Because... I mean, that does happen my, a lot, you know? Yeah, well, and that sucks. I mean, so so I was like, fuck it, I'm going to try to make, uh, make it so... Bear, like so base so basic that it, it will play forever on all platforms and it doesn't have an engine it doesn't require anything besides a browser or a computer capable of running like vanilla javascript and i'm going to try to keep doing that as long as i can i mean p- computers are getting, are getting stronger and you can do a lot of complex stuff with browser uh, i mean all this we're going to have to like all this 3d stuff i hope that it migrates to st- to plain JavaScript or yeah. some kind of easily read um, language that is not too obfuscated ac- across engines and platforms and different kind of libraries and things. But uh, uh, but anyways, that's my kind of like DIY video game utopia future. But <laughs> I don't think everyone's on board with that. Oh, well, who knows? Like the, the world is in flux. I feel like we're kind of um, as awful as the last couple of years have been uh, I, I'm also very optimistic. I feel like this kind of, it, it feels good. It feels like it's like, you know, just ripping off the bandage and let's just, let, let, let's everything really hurt for a little bit and then we can just build from there, you know. There's no point. Let's just get everything out of here now, all the poisonous ideas and principles and then well, get think, rid of it. I think before you started the interview, I think we had, um, you, you mentioned a guy who was doing woodwork, right? Coming into yeah, the yeah, Daniel, Daniel Cook who was doing um, well developing tools to make more games so yeah I, like an interesting in, in aspect of this is more people come from more varied fields now into video games and i think like the more of the more we see of that the better it is because people who come into video games from video games is as sort of like a single uh, uh how do you say sing, circle jerk king <laughs> it's, that, yeah, it's a circle jerk uh but but yeah when you have people coming from like with all these varied backgrounds backgrounds and like oh i was i used to be a chef but now i'm making like this game that is not really rated food but has some elements of the things that i learned in the kitchen well then you have added values and also it targets people like entire fields of people who are not really interested in video games before absolutely yeah and i i think that is like um that is true for most kind of creative genres like i'm um i do magic i'm a magician i've been doing this for a, a long time and I, I'm a huge fan of Penn and Teller and, and Teller from Penn and Teller used to, he, he, I think he wrote a letter to somebody maybe, but it really stuck with me. He's like, I should have been um, a film director and Penn should have been the front man in a band. And those are, those are the things we should have done, but both of us instead have done magic. And that means our magic is much, much better because we both bring completely different things to it than someone who just grew up loving magic and wanted to be like all the other magicians, you know? And that's true of across most creative disciplines. I think if you can bring people from other other creative outlets into them, you you, you make amazing things. Um, and we, I think we, we, I feel like we're just starting to get that now with games. Like there's been so much fascinating stuff, um, but still, it's that little kind of extra. Like code is still, I think, for a lot of people, difficult. Um, I think maybe for the next generation, it's not going to be a problem at all, and they'll just be like, "Yeah, whatever, Granddad. I know, I know how to code." Um, that this is uh, well, me has not been able to code. So, 
Well, we were sailing across the Pacific and we were at this island. I think we were in Vavao. Yeah, we were we were in Tonga and we met this couple on this other sailboat and their kid was making video games on a nice on a small Raspberry Pi with a screen. Oh, that's amazing. And, that's so good. Oh, yeah, it was. And so, okay, so we showed up, like have a, uh, speak, speak with the, the parents and stuff. And then the kid was like, "Hey, do you want to play my zombie game?" And they're like, "What? Okay, yeah, sure." Like, and he was used. I forget what engine, but it looked like the, it's one of these uh, Google uh, programming development language where you, okay. you have like puzzle blocks and uh, puzzle script, I think. It's called, uh, and anyway, he was making this this game, and he was uh, so he, so. I had to play. Yeah, I mean, he had me tr- me try it, and then I was like, oh, it'd be kind of nice if you could like once you get hit, when you get bit, you can like fight back. And he was like, yeah, sure, give me five minutes, and like stop the, <laughs> stop the game from running. Just like it did a few things. He was he had a small pen tablet. He would draw new sprites, and then like five minutes later, he's like, yeah, do you want to try my my game with the edited version in it? And I'm like, yeah, sure. And and I was like, wow, like my. Well, at that point, I had two real, two realizations. One is that I should find a new space for to make a living, but also <laughs> like, uh, I mean, I mean, this is really nice because, I mean, while it's going to create a lot of new video games in the field, it's going to have imagine all the the wealth of entertainment and enjoyment that's going to be had with people just building games that are never going to be yeah. released but are still going to spend time in that space of like in a moment or in a sort of flow state they can create or be anything and they i guess in with these people at that time we could relate on in in, in the sense of what i was talking to to you before how you can you explore space through like a robotic arm yeah, or yeah like, absolutely to to assisted creation i mean i i i was thinking about this uh, a few days ago actually because like I, I mentioned I do magic and I'm a writer. Like those are the things that I do to try and make a living. And I have like part-time regular jobs as well to, to live. Um, and, you know, you, there's all the talk of kind of automation and yeah, universal basic income and all these sort of things about, you know, what do we do in a world where there aren't any jobs for people to do? And it's easy to kind of dismiss it and be like, oh, well, so everyone's going to just make games and be in a band and everyone's going to be a star. And I I don't think that's the case. I think talking to you has kind of thrown this into kind of a, a good focus for me because the element of creating anything is, you know, that's a joy in itself, you know? Like the way you play a video game and you play them as like a, a, a tool-assisted run or something, that in itself is kind of very similar to the act of making a game. So I think anyone making anything is kind of it doesn't matter that if if nobody necessarily plays it it's the 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 love of doing it you know of figuring something out of of creating something you know i don't know if i think you yeah you explained it better than i could yeah but i mean that's not going to work in the current capitalist society but whatever like we'll figure out in a generation Uh. or two um okay i genuinely do think we like i feel like we've covered pretty much everything but well not everything because i feel like we could probably talk for hours but if there's anything kind of that you haven't mentioned that you wanted to bring up or you just want to i don't know plug things like direct people to where they can find you online things like that um uh, i'll just wait two seconds for Rekka to come inside because it's starting to rain and then I know. it's gonna make some noise but
All right. So, um, well, I guess in conclusion, um, I, I don't know. Um, I guess, well, I'm optimistic for, for people to keep on making video games. And I mean, people are going to fight, uh, are going to pick fight about it forever. But, of course. Yeah. Huh? Of course. Of course. Like, pe- people will pick fights on whatever they can. Yes. Um, but yeah, um, I don't know what do people say usually in conclusion. I mean, I mean nothing really. You don't need to be. We don't need to be that um, that pat. There's the whole future is unfolding before us. I was just generally. I mean, it sounds so trivial now, but like, if if people want to find you online or find your things online, like, where can they go? Where can they see your stuff? Uh, it's, um, well, my website is xxivv.com, and the, the sellable project at Reka is one zero zero r uh, that's our main website, and it has links to our YouTube channel where we do monthly videos on live award life and just general sailing adventures and things. Um, and um, the thing about UBI that I wanted to mention before, I remembered it when the oh, okay, okay, out, okay. and it was just like a lot of the Alan Watts talks relate to the topic of of. Not UBI, but like the transition transition from capitalism to a UBI based system, which I think is of value. Who did you say? What 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 talk? Sorry, the Anne Watts. A- Alan Watts. Alan Watts. Okay. He was a guy, I think, in the sixties who lived on a big ship, and he had talks with people and about Zen and Japan and food and and okay and gods and what like all this kind of stuff. But um, but he had some some talks that were interesting on like on like one talk especially is called what would you do if money was no object and it's it's a discussion on something that would apply very much to the current system but with hopes that UBI eventually comes uh, to fruition so I guess I'd recommend people to have a look at that it, it's just a sort of like general suggestion to people to keep doing what they, they like and all the time that they will spend doing the thing they like will make them already better at doing that thing against other people who are um, doing other things in order to someday being being able to do it. So like going yeah, to school, absolutely. for instance, is a, is, a, is a good example where people will be like, okay, I'm going to spend just, I'm just going to spend like six years of my life in the healthiest frame of my existence to learn something so I could eventually do X but then they're already lost against people who decide from day one that they were just going to, they wanted to make video games. Well, they'll just do it. <laughs> I, I feel bad that that is, that is true, but, and this is my, this is my, but, and I've had this discussion with other people and I'm adding time to the podcast. I apologize. Um, I just think this is a really interesting topic. Um, I don't think, I don't think university is necessarily for learning things anymore. Like you can learn every as you, as you you are a prime example. You can learn everything you want if you actually don't say want making connections. Don't say making connections. It don't is making connections, connections though. That's no, exactly what not, I was going to say. It's not true. It's it's terrible. It's terrible. <laughs> terrible at making connections because you're making connections with people who have no, like that are no. When you when, oh, no. you start making video you angry. Games, you're surrounded by people who are like. Are, are the connections that you wanted to meet for in, the, in the first place? I don't mean just necessarily video games. I mean whatever you're doing. 
like that, that that may be not the purpose for it but that is the value of it that's what people pay the money for is meeting the right people um, that but, is of no value because as soon as you start making that thing people you will start to be surrounded by people who are also doing that 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 is true yeah i'm, I'm not i'm not i'm not making a kind of a kind of value judgment on that i'm not saying that's better or worse i'm just saying like that is in the in the way that the world is currently built that is how people get by that is that is the value of university is to meet people who might get you a job in something um certainly not what i went to university or got out of university but i can see that's an argument for it yeah i, th I think i also uh, myself i use that to to help someone felt feel better before <laughs> <laughs> I, I i i had i went to university just to because i wanted to learn stuff like i had no i was doing english so that's not a useful thing theoretically i mean you know in a that i don't mean to be a bad punchline to a joke is a wonderful thing to learn but in yeah it, there's nothing of inherent value that you can offer with with that degree beyond thinking better which well, but, you know I mean, given the state of the world most people more people should probably think better one point that you can do that you can give to uh, uh formal education is that i mean not all personality types will do will fare really well in a world where it's like a blank slate i mean if it, yeah i mean i can i can think of countless people that if i told them like hey you can do anything you want they will just not do anything yeah and sc school is a good uh, place to create this sort of barrier, bar like this sort of like tunnel vision that allow people, some some kind of people to go forward. And yeah. I mean, this would have been like a much better point than than making connections. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. I don't even know why I was making that point. Like I don't, it's, I, I think it's because it, it's similar to, I'm, I'm going to bring it crashing back to video games. It's similar to the the notion of like you know you, you want all games to be open source so everybody can make something most people probably won't and in, in that same sense as you can go out and you can you know learn everything for yourself but most people want to be handheld they want to be kind of led from one thing to the next and be, be told oh, yeah. that they've done a good job you know absolutely a lot of the things i say are like they shouldn't be taken for like as it as it's like a one-size-fits-all i mean a lot of the things that i the people I'm targeting, or at least the things that I'm talking about, are like related to like a very specific, yeah, absolutely, few. Yeah. few. Uh, I mean, and yeah, like university has its value, especially if, when it's. I mean, even for like, I can see its value when you you fail to find a mentor or someone that you can look yeah. up to that will teach you the things that you want. Like a lot of things are learned better through discussion, and especially language. So, like, I could see. I mean, there's great value in especially learning languages f with face-to-face -face interactions. And I mean, like high-level English teachings is, I can see how it's probably better than like going on Stack Overflow language um, or like Reddit slash English uh, to, to find Definitely out. Definitely better than that. <laughs> um, or like, I mean, I've looked at like the great courses and there are a few topics that are thought really badly online, but that are that have their value, especially history and these these kind of things. Yeah. I find, um, but yeah. Anyway, and I mean, I didn't want. I don't want to leave in in, in a note where I'm like dissing education. <laughs> I, I mean, I mean, I want I, as much as possible. I hope people who can afford to go to university will and enjoy it and get something out of it that is better than just connections. 
um but also like it shouldn't be a like a stopping point i mean i I've, i've also seen on the other hand people are like well i can't afford to university and my life is finished i mean right now i'm, spe- I'm speaking with one well two people who just kicked out got kicked out of their houses because they i mean they couldn't go through college or university so i mean that is ho- that is terrible i mean these people yeah. are s- super wise kids who who like learn better by doing things their own way and being kicked out because you can't go spend money at a higher education for like this is just madness and and i think a lot of the hatred i have against formal education comes from this space where like it's it shouldn't be a standard especially when it comes to technical arts yeah like more practical skills i guess you can i mean if you want to be a doctor and, and and optician and dentist and these kind of things yes don't diy that <laughs> stuff on youtube <laughs> Oh, but on that topic, there's a great movie called Excision. If you can, if you can find a copy, I highly recommend it. On Excision. like DIY surgery. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I think that's a great way to end the podcast. Just check out Excision. <laughs> <laughs> DIY surgery. Um, that, honestly, that was that was so much fun. Um, I genuinely could chat for for hours more, but I'm afraid I have to go and have some dinner. Um, I feel this is a pretty intense conversation for first thing in the morning for you. So I hope that sets you well on the rest of your day. Uh, yeah, it's perfect. I can go back to bed now. Okay, good. Um, if yeah, if you if anything sort of comes up that you wanted to mention, like feel free to email me or anything. But was that was that okay for you? Was that was that enjoyable? Was that good? Oh, yeah, that was great. Thanks. Cool. Thank you. External control. Are you gonna let them get you? Do you want to be a prisoner in the boundaries they set you? You say you want to be yourself. Do you think they'll let you? They're out to get you. can't catch me. Be exactly who you want to be. Do what you want to do. I am he and she is she. But you're the only you. No one else has got your eyes to see the things you see. It's up to you to change your life and my life's up to me. Be exactly who you want to be. Do what you want to do. I'm he and she and she. But you're the only you. No one else has got your eyes to see the things you see. It's up to you to change your life and my life's up to me. Hello, hello, hello. This is the Lord God. Can you hear? Hellfire and damnation's what I've got for you down there. On earth I have ambassadors, Archbishop, Vicar, Pope. We'll blind you with morality, you'd best abandon hope. We're telling you, you'd better pray, cause you were born in sin. Right from the start, we'll build a cell, and then we'll lock you in. We sit in holy judgment, condemning those that stray. We offer our forgiveness, but first we'll make you pay.